Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and your questions. The number to dial is 303-690-3000. is the number. You can also text me at 720-336-0897. It's going to take me a little bit longer today to figure out how to do this show without my computer. Uh, So be patient with me um, as I go back and forth in my iPad on uh, checking the text messages and kind of navigating through. But hey, we got some great news for you. Uh, I meant to ask Kevin, I think uh, we got renewed for eight years or 10 years? Eight. So we just, uh, Grace FM, both of our stations, reaching all of Colorado, we just renewed our license. First time we've had to do that. Uh, and we were granted an eight-year renewal, which would put, at the end of that, would put us on the air for 18 years. Can you imagine? Uh, who would have thunk, who would have thought that God would entrust to us such a gift such a precious tool to use for the ministry of Jesus. Um, but man, we uh, finished 10 years so fast. And I just want to thank you guys for your prayers and your um, love and care and your financial support. I, I'm sitting in our built studios that used to be just an open room. And we, when we built this side of the building... Uh, Our building we're in right now was two different phases. The second phase, we built this room by faith. So we actually, you know how churches are, you use every single square inch of the building. But where I'm at right now, we left empty, completely empty. It was just a big empty room by faith. And the faith that we had was one day the Lord would allow us to have a radio station and we would build it out. Uh, but we left it empty to begin with. And here I am sitting in the built-out studios 10 years now into uh, Grace FM, and it's just by the grace of God, and so grateful. Uh, and I really do appreciate you being a part of what God is doing through Grace FM. You're a very big, important part of the ministry. Um, you're an important part of the use of Grace FM, you know, how God uses it, especially if you've prayed, especially if you've given financial support, especially if you put a sticker on your car uh, or you've posted something on social media, whatever, get the word out. Wore a t-shirt, maybe you met Kevin or part of our team back with Frank or uh, Patrick or some of the guys that would go out and uh, take um, t-shirts to different venues and just meet you and pray with you and encourage you 
and you wore that T-shirt proudly and people saw it and tuned into the station, thank you. We're still, by the way, taking the, the what do we call it? We're taking the, um, uh, we take the van out and we take the T-shirts out. I mean, COVID paused that for a little bit. Um, but if, um, if you would um, continue to pray for us and don't forget us in your prayers, that'd be great. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're coming up to a milestone here at Calvary Church here in Aurora, and um, before I go into that, I want to give you a shout-out on Hope FM, uh, shout-out on Truth FM. Uh, grateful that you're tuned in right now. Um, we're coming up on a milestone. We're finishing a book of the Bible this weekend. We've been studying verse-by-verse verse through the book of Hebrews, and it actually took a lot longer than I anticipated for a variety of different reasons. Uh, but we're grateful. We don't have an artificial—I was telling the church this weekend, we don't have an artificial um, limitation or goal to get through things, you know, so we can slam through it and say, oh, that we, we just take it, we open it up, and, and I just break it down each week, what section it's going to be. You know, may, sometimes it's a verse, sometimes it's a paragraph, sometimes it's even a chapter, sometimes it's even a word. Uh, words are so significant that we should spend a whole week on it. And that's how we approach the Bible here. We've been discipled here at Calvary Chapel. Uh, the name of our church now is Calvary Church, but we are 100% a real Calvary Chapel, um, as people might have been asking. Yes, we changed the name for a variety of reasons, but we didn't change our DNA. Isn't that great? We are who we are by the grace of God, and I was saved in a Calvary Chapel, discipled in a Calvary Chapel. Then I get to go to Colorado and plant a Calvary Chapel. Oh, man, only the Lord can do that. Only the Lord can do that. Um, I, I like what my friend Gino Geraci said. Uh, Gino Geraci uh, shared with me once, years ago, we were talking about something. He's just been such a great, one of the many men that have poured into my life. And he said something like, you know what, Ed, if you were to cut my veins, I would bleed Calvary Chapel. And, uh, and I know exactly what he means. It's just who we are. It's where we were saved and discipled. And I, I'm a Calvary Chapel not because I have to be or, um, or even because I want to be. It's because I am. And, and so that leads to, you know, first your identity. Then it leads to, yeah, of course I want to be. I moved to Colorado to see God do something through this little type, simple ministry. We're, sometimes people say we're too simple for them, and, and I respect that. That's fine. But we're very simple. There's not much to it. Um, we're not program-driven. We're, we're not, um, you know, we're not perfect, but like we're just a simple gathering that teach the Bible and sing together, um, and we pray together. And we serve our community together. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Let's go up to Fort Collins, Colorado. Ashley, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you guys doing? Great. How are you? Um, It'll be better, but it'll be okay. (laughs) Okay. So what's going on? So I'm, I'm wondering about... What exactly? Who does deliverance? Is it God Himself, Jesus Himself? Through I'm still a new beginning Christian. Okay. And I've been experiencing some demonic activity in my home. Okay. And it's two unbelievers in my home. Won't say names. 
They Great. One of them experienced it. The other one looks like he's in denial. Okay. And I don't know if I need to be delivered myself from it. I have watched a YouTube sermon saying that Christians can have demons too, and how would you be able to deliver them from it? Okay, well, let's start with a couple things. First of all, whatever YouTube teacher you listen to, don't listen to them anymore. They're not telling you the truth. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Darkness cannot coexist with light. You are a daughter of the King, and the power of God resides in you, and a demon cannot possess you. Um, You can be hassled. I can be hassled. We can experience spiritual warfare, but you are owned by God, and you can walk by faith in the ownership of God. And it sounds like your home is vulnerable and open to demonic activity because of the people that live there. Unbelievers can definitely be possessed by uh, demons. They can also be harassed by demons, and they can also be tools of uh, the demonic realm. And and so in light of that, only God is the deliverer, and many times he'll use us to pray for that deliverance. He'll use us to lay hands for that deliverance. He'll, he can do it independent of us. He can do it with us, but he alone has the power to dismiss demons. What we have is the ability to resist the devil now. That's what the Bible says. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And you don't have to yell at him. You don't have to scream at him. You don't have to throw blood at him. You know, all the weird stuff you might see on movies and such. You just resist him. And as you resist him, he must flee from you. And from I've had restless nights to where I can't sleep. I get woken up between the hours of 2 to 3 a.m. now. And I've been to a point where it'll shake my bed. I mean, it, it's like to a point where I thought I needed something. Yes. And I don't know how to get rid of them. I've been trying to bless the house with my own name, walking authority. They won't leave. Well, the good news is is that they will, they will flee from you. They probably won't leave as long as your, your roommates uh, are participating in activity that invites their presence. Uh, and so let's, let's just put our hope in the Lord and not worry about, you know, not worry about where they're going to be, what they're going to do, because for you, you are protected by the Lord. And it might get weird, and it might have, you know, some, some things, but what we need to do is we need to pray for you to get a good night's sleep. We need to pray and affirm the angelic protection around you. We need to pray and affirm the, the, the protection that God has given you internally, and then you live by faith, and you know, I, I think that when you start getting a good night's sleep, when you start recognizing, we also want to pray that God would, would remove them, that would, not only would they leave your home, but that your friends would get saved. That would be the best. Um, you know, perhaps this whole demonic activity is just to bring about prayer for your friends, uh, that you might become a strong intercessor. In That's their what lives. I've been called to do. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. That's okay. Go ahead. And I've been praying for them for months, and I've just I've gotten these videos popping up on the screen. I've gotten stuff to like to suit up. I mean, seriously, I've had God speak to me and move. It's I've experienced His presence, and it's like exactly what you're saying: suit up armor of God and to possibly help pray for them and remove it. 
but each time I do it, it's like more of a pushback. Sure. Yeah, there's going to be a fight for sure. Well, let me pray for you, okay? Okay. Father, I pray for my sister Ashley. I know that this is scary, and on and being a new believer, just being thrust into this realm of the demonic warfare and the demonic oppression. I pray for her friends, God. We just lift them up. It's uh, for their salvation, uh, for their um, for for their transformation in their lives. And so I pray, God, that you would be with my sister Ashley, strengthen her, and help her as she moves forward by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, keep us up to date, Ashley. Thank you so much for it. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. You know, I'm trying to think if I did a message on demonology. I know I did a message on angiology. I don't quite remember how much I delved into the demonic realm. Um, But here's the thing. You know, there's not much to be said in the Bible of the demonic realm. Most of the stuff you see on YouTube or in the movies is absolute imagination and uh, not real. And so we're sorting out what's real and what's not real um, is very important. And sometimes we give the devil far more credit uh, than he deserves. All right, here's a text question. We got an open line, 303-690-3000. Hey, Pastor Ed, so thankful for the radio. <clears throat> I know the Bible addresses women as pastors and Timothy, but I'm wondering is how should how we should view or approach churches or people who go to these churches that do have women in pastoral roles. I was listening to an online women's conference. One of the women's a pastor. I immediately felt dismissive in my heart listening to her. Uh, the content was biblically sound. Many friends go to churches um, that have women pastors. I feel like uh, the church is compromised, struggle a lot with this. That's a great question. Um, I think that, first of all, we need to be affirmed in our own theological beliefs. We, we need to, to come to our own biblical conclusions when it comes to these topics and, and know that we know, what, know um, what we believe and hold fast to it. And then in those things that are different or disagreeable, we need to make room for disagreements. Uh, And I'm going to look up this passage here. I think it was Augustine, but who knows? It gets gets attributed to all kinds of people. Um, But here's what I would suggest. Uh, In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, charity. And... We want to be unified on those things that speak to um, essentials, like they're non-negotiables. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lived, died, and rose again three days later. We, we, we can't waver on that. Um, some people put women pastors into that category. Um, I don't. I don't put women pastors in as, as, an, as an essential of the faith. I, what I mean by that is, I don't believe you need to believe in elder male leadership and eldership in the church in order to be saved. So that that's the important. Uh, I, I don't believe you have to believe in that to be saved. And that's what I mean by essential, essentials of salvation. However, um, I do believe that we must read the scriptures and come to a conclusion. And I I come to the conclusion that the pastoral elder role in the church is to be male. 
And I think you can make a strong biblical case for that. But they're denomin- it's not something, so when you think, I feel like the church is compromised, um, this isn't something that's new, like just to our generation. Um, this f- forbidding to teach, forbidding to have authority over men, um, is, is, an interesting, uh, is an interesting thing to break down, because obviously, and then also, if you want to take it completely literal— uh, in that sense, with no variation, then the women are forbidden to speak in church, according to the scriptures. So we know that we have to back off because earlier in Corinthians, it spoke of women prophesying in the church. So obviously, women have a vital role in the church and can speak forth the word of God. So we know that. Um, I think Paul's addressing a usurping of authority. That's my personal view, biblically a usurping of authority, of the authority that God has established. But I don't believe it limits a man, uh, a woman teaching. I don't believe it limits a... And, and the, the, the especially teaching men, that's the big deal. So if you want to step back a minute and say, uh, to any church, any church gathering, especially a church that would hold to a strict complementarian, there's, there's basically theologically two camps— Complementarian, that's a view that uh, women are complements to men, um, and egalitarian, that there's a true independence, and that when God says there's neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, he really means it, like there's no genetic difference between them, which is silly, but um, it's not true. There Obviously, there are differences, um, but I think he's making those statements salvifically, not in, onto, uh, salvifically, not necessarily in function. Because there are definitely women, there are definitely differences between men and women uh, that are obvious, and you can't reverse them. So you, you got to break this down. So, but but think about it this way: especially those strict complementarian churches. Some would be able to say absolutely no to this, but most would say yes. And, and I would ask this: yeah, if you're a pastor listening right now, maybe you have a strict hyper complementarian view. Has a woman ever taught a man in your church? Uh, you know, if you're strict, hyper, probably you, some of you could say, no, never, never. Um, but most churches would have to say yes, and I'll tell you why. If you've ever had a couple teach a marriage conference or a marriage retreat, you have had a woman instruct men in the audience, most likely. I obviously mixed. You go, oh, no, no, Ed, we separated them. Okay, okay, I get it. But I'm talking in general. Most likely... And then immediately what will come is some explanation. Yeah, but she was under the authority of her husband. Oh, so now it's okay for a woman to teach a man if her husband's on the stage with her. And so you make my point. That scripture can't absolutely be a prohibition. It can't. Not with your exception. Now, of course, some people really do have those, you know, no, it would never, ever. Okay, then uh, how about this? And let's just be real here. Um, Have any pastor, has any pastor ever had their wife give them a spiritual insight or a spiritual truth or explain to them a passage of Scripture? Or the answer is yes, absolutely. Like if Marie woke up and said, Ed, I want want to share something with you, uh, and I want to give it to you. What am I going to say? Thou art a woman. You cannot get into your place, woman. You cannot teach a man. 
It's so dumb. So then what happened? People, well, that means in the church. Well, what do you mean? Am I not the church? Is the church not my home? Does the church only relegate to a, to a building? So all that to say is that there are good, solid, biblically sound people that disagree on this topic. And what we need to do is we need to learn to disagree agreeably on non-essential things. And it's, I had somebody call me recently and said, um, hey, Ed, did you hear about such and such and such and such at this church? And I said, yes. Well, what do you think about it? And this was my answer. You ready? It's going to be profound. I said, it's not my church. I'm not responsible for them. What's the next topic you want to talk about? Because I just, it's not my responsibility. Um, and if the brother that was pastoring that church or the elders wanted to talk to me, I'd talk. I'd give me one my opinion. But otherwise, it, I, that's my brother. I love him. He's actually a friend of mine. Uh, I may not do what he did, but I didn't do what he did. So I think we need to be filled with agape as a church. I think we need to be open. I think we need to stop fighting so much about things that we don't need to fight about because the world is watching and all they see is a disjointed, angry group of people that say they're Christians that look just like the world. And we believe in male pastoring and male eldership, but I'm telling you, there are, we have some of the most godly, strong, wise, smart gifted women on our leadership team, in our church, uh, serving at high capacity. Um, I think of my own assistant, uh, Cassandra, where um, she is such a great support to me. She provides so much strong leadership and help. Um, and to minimize that, because she doesn't have the title of pastor, would be unbiblical, period. Uh, she doesn't want to be a pastor. She hasn't been called to be a pastor. But but she plays such a vital role in this church that like she is a backbone in all, helping me do what God's called me to do. Um, and I can, I, th I can name woman after woman in our church that are just gifted and godly. And so it's a, I, I was just talking to the staff about this. Um, the church, you want to be effective in the 21st century? You better learn nuance. You have got to learn how to unpack things. It's not as black and white as you think. And even if it is black and white, it may not be so black and white to the person you're talking to, so you've got to nuance it. You've got to unpack it. You've got to deal with layer upon layer so that what's the end goal? The end goal is that the truth would go forth. Um, and so I have friends. Uh, we, recent, we recently attended a, a service at a church where they ordained the next woman pastor. And I'll tell you what I didn't do. I didn't stand up and go, how dare you? What are you doing? And Because I, I don't believe that. I don't think that would be profitable. And, you know, I'm going to trust the Lord's going to sort it out. I'm going to, because I love them. And I, I don't know this new couple um, personally, but I want to get to know them. I want to support them. I want to encourage them. Um, and I don't want to invalidate someone. Um I don't want to demean someone, male or female. I just want to encourage them in their gifts. And yeah, I disagree, but they're not at Calvary Chapel, so that they're not here. 
And who, why do we need to, def, again, I'm talking out loud for your question. I, it would have been great for you to call because it was a good talk, discussion, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make all my relationships based on what I disagree on. Well, you know, Kevin, I just don't agree with you. And that's how we always start our conversations. No, like Kevin's different than me. I would expect we're not going to agree on things, but he's my brother. Um, and so why do I, we're disagreement. I'm going to, I'm going to find things we agree on. Now, if, if Kevin said, you know, Ed, uh, I don't believe in the virgin birth, then he wouldn't be a producer here anymore. And I would try to convince him of that. Um, but that's essential. You go, Ed, I don't believe in such and such. Well, that's an interesting view, Kevin. Why don't you tell me, how did you come to, I want to listen to him. I want to hear his view before I put it down, right? I want to hear his. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that we need more unity, not less unity. And if we are, you know, if the church is compromised, then let's deal with the compromise um, in our own lives. So good question. I don't know if I answered it. I wish I'd, we were, you would have called in, but hopefully it worked. All right, we're going to come back to, where are we? We are going to Greeley. Vivian is on the line. Vivian, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, sir? How are you doing, Pastor? I'm doing great. Is it Vivian? Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Yes, All right, sir. what's up? Hey, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Yes. Okay, the reason I'm calling you guys, I've been Christian all my life. Yes. Like my mom, my dad, like the whole family. And uh, God bless me, I'm coming to this country. Everything was so far, everything's so good. But um, this moment, everything is is, is 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 tough for us, like me, my wife, and my kids. Yes. And uh, my uh, the good news, my wife, she's pregnant right now. And she's keep, uh, first of all, I was have uh, this bad dream. Like uh, they come ask, like they want to take my kid. And I was wake up. And I start praying and they scream out loud. Mm. And that dream was uh, go away and letting my wife feel better. And after that, like everything is that is going is 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 tough for us right now. It's tough, but I mm. never give up. I always listen to you guys every day. If I'm to work and I have to work, like right now, just get up from work and listen to you guys right now. And that was calling so I can get some strong prayer for us. So God can bless us, me and my family, me and my wife and my kids. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, You, I lift up my brother to you as he faces these amazing, overwhelming challenges. Um, I pray, God, that you would show mercy. Even as we were praying this morning, I just felt that burden to pray for your mercy, uh, that you would intercede on our behalf, uh, that you would let up or protect or, <clears throat> you know, deliver, even as it seems uh, like the sister that called in earlier. Um, I pray, God, that you would make a way where there is no way. You would open doors in my brother's life that um, that can't be closed, uh, and that you would close doors for him that no man can open so that there would be a clarity in him and a clarity around him and a clarity uh, to him, Lord, that would give him strength and encouragement and should you, you know, respond that your grace is sufficient, um, then, Lord, let him learn to lean on your grace and trust you 
in these hard times, no matter how long they last. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, brother, stay in touch, okay? Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know, these. Uh, I was talking to the church not too long ago. Early on as believers, we're, we're, we're kind of conditioned. I don't think it's anybody's fault, but we're just kind of conditioned to um, think of trials as, you know, beginning, short end, or short middle and a quick ending. Uh, but then the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you realize that you have a beginning and sometimes they never end. And you just have that long middle. And I'm sorry for those of you listening in that are in the long middle. You know, grief, sorrow, finances, divorce, single, singleness, single parents. It's just a long middle. And I pray that the Lord would encourage you. You hear the music. We're headed into a break. Stick with us just for a couple minutes. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. A shout out to you guys out in Maryland and New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Welcome, 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 listening on Hope FM and all of our friends listening on Truth FM and, of course, all of our friends here on Grace FM. This is a live broadcast. It's live on Grace FM throughout Colorado, up into Cheyenne, Wyoming, parts of Nebraska, south into the Pueblo West area. Hopefully the signal might even be a little stronger down there. We did some tweaking. We can't up our power at all. Uh, but we did some tweaking to try to strengthen the signal down there until the Lord gives us another station. Uh, so you guys in the springs, I hope it's better. Um, it's not super strong, but it's better, and we'll take better. Better is better than worse. <laughs> and uh, and so you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM, you're hearing this one week delayed. What that means is is that what airs on the show today actually aired last week. What the neat thing is, though, is while the show is on, you can call. You will talk to us live. Our audience in Colorado will hear you live. And then you'll get to tune into the radio next week and hear yourself. And we always like to remind you of that. 303-690-3000. We're going to head back now to Aurora, Colorado. George, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. I've got a question that's troubling me, and then I've got something else that okay. I'm very disturbed about. And maybe you can help me with my two problems. Okay. I worked with a, a guy that was my right-hand man. I was a foreman. We came from the same state. 35 years he grew up in the Catholic Church as an altar boy. And I've invited him to men's breakfasts. I've witnessed to him uh, and prayed for him for 35 years. Right. And last year he told me, he said, George, he said, you've got to quit talking to me about this. He said, it's going to be come between our friendship. And he said, I don't want you to talk to me about this anymore. Okay. Now I've never tried to cram Jesus down his throat, but whenever there was an opening, I would jump in and I would gently talk about it. Okay. So now my question to you is, should I shut my mouth and just keep praying? What should I do? Well, I think that you 
pivot. You know, it's sort of like this whole pandemic and everything. It's forced us to do the same thing in a different way, you know, and to pivot. And I think that you are a great value in his life as a friend. I, I think that you are pro- you have probably been extremely clear to him of not only what your position is and what you believe, but also uh, his need for salvation and the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And so now we pivot and we learn how to live out the gospel, not just say it. Um, and so I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up on him. I wouldn't abandon him. I. I would respect his wishes um, because uh, he is responding to, uh, you know, the fact that it's kind of a negative response isn't necessarily completely negative because that just means he's responding to exactly what what you shared with him. So he heard you, understood you, and now is responding to it. And so I think it's just time to pivot. Um, It's time to perhaps, um, you know, show him the gospel in practical acts and, and, you know, the like if you know what hobbies he's in, if he's a fisherman, you give him a gift certificate, or you just become a friend to him. Uh, you, the Bible says that Paul reminded us that some people plant, other people water, but only God gives the increase. And I would respect his wishes. You, you have, you have already fulfilled your gospel obligation to him verbally, and now just start living out your gospel obligation to him practically. You know, checking on his family, checking on how he's doing. Tell him, uh, you know, and I don't know that necessarily you have to get rid of everything. I mean, uh, you got an unbelieving friend. It's okay to remind him, hey, I just I wanted you to know I prayed for you today. And, you know, some things you're not going to give up, but you'll have to determine what that is because you don't want to pick a fight. You don't want to make things worse, but you're also choosing not to abandon your faith and your love for him. Um, so pivot is the word I'd start praying about. I, I would still be that loving friend, but I think it's time to change your methods and your tactics a little, uh, because he doesn't want you. Um, he he prefers your relationship, your friendship, to be something different than it is. And I would meet him as far as I could without, you know, without compromise. All right, that sounds good. I'll I'll accept that advice, Pastor. You're welcome. Another thing that's been troubling me for years is I talked to another pastor about this, okay. and the answer he gave me. He blew me away. If I told you what he told me, you wouldn't believe it for him being a pastor. But I asked him a question. I said, how can a believer vote for people that support abortion and what the first chapter in the book of Romans describes as homosexuality? How can you support people like that? And that, that really troubles me when I see believers going to that side without even thinking about it. And well, can you help me out here? Because this really bothers me. Well, I like, to, I like to stay away from sides, and instead I take this approach. I believe that a, that a follower of Christ needs to be biblically informed uh, and that his vote, because we have the privilege right now in our country to have a voice in our governmental structure, that our vote needs to be biblically informed and I do not believe that it is wise. I don't believe that it honors God. I don't believe it reflects the Bible for a believer to vote in any way that would support abortion. Um, I think I can make a strong argument for that. I think that it is something that in all of our choices as believers we'll have to answer for at the Bema seat. Um, but 
It is a freedom that God has given, that, that the nation's given to us, but it's also a freedom that God has given to us, like any other freedom. And we can choose to use our freedoms to glorify God, or we can choose to use our freedoms to glorify ourselves or whatever cultural pressure, whatever the issue is. Um, but I think that when we are making those decisions, we need to remember that we're going to answer to God for them. Like just because we're believers doesn't mean we're not going to um, we're going doesn't mean that we're not going to answer for our decisions that are made on this earth. So I instruct our church and the people that come to this church to vote their biblical convictions and their biblical conscience because you know they're not going to answer to me for their vote. They're going to answer to God. So I need to point them to God so that the Holy Spirit can give them a peace. Not their own peace. I, I meet people all the time. Well, I just have a peace about sinning. You know, I you can't have a peace about sin, not from the Lord. And so that's how I would address it. For your frustration, um, I can share in that frustration, but I get frustrated about a lot of things, and I just need to learn not to live in the realm of frustration. I need to live, I need to walk in the spirit so that I don't fulfill the lust of my flesh. And you know, there's just gonna be people that don't agree with me. They're gonna be people that do things that I don't agree with. And I'm really only responsible for myself, so I, I need to pay attention to myself. And that way I can be a good example. That way I can be a, someone that, that, that chooses to follow. You know, people could look to me and go, that's a, that's a habit I want to pick up. That's a choice I want to make. Um, but if that pastor approved of voting for, for abortion, then I would disagree with him. Very good, Pastor. I appreciate that. Okay, George. God bless you, brother. Bless you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Yeah, I was talking to the staff today. Um, we came together, you know, with the verdict yesterday with George Floyd uh, and the family that lost him and grieving. And then you have uh, the police officer, Derek Chauvin, convicted of the murder charges. He has a family, and now they're grieving. Um, sin is just a disaster. It just absolutely wrecks our lives. And our hearts are hurting for the division in our country, the division in our world. But the church has a very unique place in all of this. It's the, the, the issue that we see in our, uh, with George Floyd and the, and the conviction of murder, you know, that, that the police officer murdered him. The issue is, is not a 21st century issue. It's not even a United States of America issue, like, it, like somehow it started with us. It's a sin issue. That, that's the problem. The problem is sin in the heart of men and women and the consequences of sin. And I was just sharing today as we were um, sharing our views and, and allowing conversation to take place over this and the different viewpoints of pain and pain points and fears and anxieties. I'm, I mean, that, that's the environment that we have here as a staff and as a team. Um, I just felt this... I felt this impression from the Lord to share this scripture. And, you know, it's one of those scriptures that has really no immediate application to this whole thing at all. Uh, I want to share it with you. I think it. I, I think it's important. And you go, well, Ed, why would you use a scripture? It has no immediate application. Well, I'll, I'll explain to you in a moment. Um, but it, it's a beautiful episode in the life of Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, uh, in beginning in verse... 18. Uh, let me read it to you. And while he spoke, speaking of Jesus, while he spoke to them, 
Behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and did so did the disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, I thought that was an interesting phrase. He comes into the house, there are mourners and grievers, and the way that the Bible describes it in the English is a noisy crowd wailing. He said to them, make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose, and the report of this went out into all the land. So Jesus is ministering, and he's coming into a loud, distracting environment. He's coming into a, an environment with people that are either hired or truly wailing and moaning uh, and mourning the loss of this little girl. But it's loud, it's chaotic. It is noisy. Uh, let me just look. I didn't look this up. This all came to me. I shared all this all the way, on the way into the office. I was just so troubled uh, about the condition of our world. And, you know, it wasn't like I put a Bible study together. I just had these thoughts in my mind. And then Pastor Avant, he, uh, as a black man whom we love and respect, did our devos this morning because it's heavy on his heart. And, and it just, we fit to, the Holy Spirit had it all connected, man. It was so good. But that word noisy means, um, it's the Greek word thorubeo, thorubeo, and it just means to disturb, to throw into a tumult. It's used in Acts chapter 17 to describe an uproar, to make a noise or disturbing. And, and we live in a world that's noisy, disturbing, tumultuous, a uh, lot of voices, a lot of chaos, a lot of opinions, even in the church today, so much. But what, what gets missed in the tumult, what gets missed in the noise, is the girl. The girl. The girl. The family. The hurt. The pain. And that's the church. You and me. We need to put the noise out, man. That's what we need to put the noise out. We we must not get caught up in it all. You maybe you disagree with me, but take it to the Lord. We need to not get caught up caught up in it. We need to look for the girl that's dead. And the Bible says that men and women are dead in their trespasses and sins we got to put the crowd outside. Listen, I'm not advocating you don't have an opinion. I'm not advocating you don't have a passion. I'm just asking you to take that passion and devote it, looking for that girl. Looking for the girl that needs a touch of Jesus. Looking for the guy that needs a touch of Jesus. They don't need the world. They don't need the church. The world doesn't need the church to sound like the world. And I just thought, uh, and, and that's where the word nuance came in. I just... We're talking through things to learn how to nuance. And I'm just so grateful for the input of our team. 
Uh, some people could speak today, some people couldn't. That's fine. But the input is so good. This point of view, that point of view. Have you thought about this? And and we need to learn nuance. That that's something that's lost. So now we're we're just cutting people's heads off. And you believe that, so you're an idiot. Really? Christians are calling people idiots? Or, you know, this whole mask thing with the pandemic. I know, you know, we're getting to the tail end, but you know, pastors calling mask wearers wussies? Seriously? Seriously? Uh, you know, we don't have to like it. I've, I'm not for one second have I liked it, but I've done it because I want to show preference to people that it matters. I, I've, I have personally never been afraid of getting COVID. Never. Not one thought. Never in this whole thing. Never been afraid. But you know, many people have. And so who am I to judge them? Why don't I just love them and help them get through their fear? I'm not the standard for these things. You're not the standard. God is the standard. And, oh, I know, but God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, then that means that the person that's fearful or irrationally fearful uh, needs help then, right? If a person's irrationally fearful then we know that God didn't give them that spirit of fear, then that means that we should help them, right? I think so. And and fear, though, is not in and of itself bad. God gave fear. Where's the fear of the Lord? Healthy fear will keep us safe. Of course, I know, I know what the Bible says, but that verse has been used like to make people feel so bad, that to make people feel like, they're sub inadequate. And again, wherever they are, wherever you are, and maybe that I'm speaking to you. I didn't expect this wasn't on my script today. And by the way, I don't have a script. I just have a yellow pad that's empty. Um, but I didn't think of talking about this today, but I just feel like we need to. Um, there's a lot of opinions. I, I can I can listen, I can both grieve and mourn for the family of George Floyd. I, I can do that, and I do. And I can be upset with the way uh, Derek Chauvin treated him. And I can still appreciate my brothers and sisters that are police officers. I love police officers. And I pray for Derek Chauvin's soul. I pray for him, that God would save him, uh, for his family. My heart breaks with um, the the community of, uh, you know, the family of George Floyd. Um, I know it's surrounded with politics and everything, but set, get the noise out. It's just people here. It's just people. And we're all messed up apart from Christ. It doesn't matter what we are, good, bad, upstanding, not. We're all messed up. The church has a unique place today, guys. We have a unique place to bring hope and mercy and, and love you know, that the, the idea that, well, you know, he was committing a crime or the idea of, you know, he was on drugs. So what, do we just love people that are sober and don't commit crimes now? Or, you know, that officer was misrepresented the police department. We just need to throw him away. What, we don't represent people that have failed anymore? We don't love them? Now people cross the line, we don't love them anymore? No, of course not. And we need to learn nuance. We need and, and so we looked it up. It's um, 
a subtle difference in or a shade of meaning. There's there's new there's subtleties in our there's we've got to talk about like the different levels we got to break things down. And I'm just grieving for our human condition. Even as a believer, and I think, do we just love people? I was talking to uh, somebody recently who struggles with alcohol. What, are we not supposed to love them anymore? Like, of course not. That, 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 that alcohol or that bondage or that sin becomes a point where we press in all the more. And if we're unable to press in all the more, then we need to pray for our own hearts and pray to be ready, pray to, you know, even the disciples, remember uh, the disciples, they're all hungry. What did they do? Send them home, send them home. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm going to feed them, man. And you guys just do what I tell you to do. And I just feel like that's the way the church is today. The church is like, oh, no, no, don't let them, don't let them, don't let them. We know. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to share with them. I'm going to love them. And you just do what I say. Not that I'm not advocating do what Ed says. No, no, no. I just, I feel like the Lord's just saying, you go church, just do what I say. Just live it out. Yeah, but they say this and these guys politics over here and these guys there. Okay. Take the noise out and let's be the church. I don't have all the answers. Trust me. I'm not speaking to you of a place like I got it all figured out. I don't. I never will. But man, I I want to be more effective, not less. I want to be used more, not less. I want to have a heart of compassion. I don't want to lose the, the authority of the word or the black and white parts of the word. I don't want to lose that. So please don't misunderstand me, but I, I want to grow and change. Something about Jesus is, a, I mean, everything about Jesus, but his ability to be in the wicked, worst part of the world and be untouched by sin is, is attractive to me. He was around sin so much that he was accused of being a wine-bibber and a drunk, but he was never. He never did, ever. Sinless. And I just want to be used more, not less. And I hope you do too. I hope you do too. All right. Brian in Aurora, Colorado, welcome to the program. Oh, hi, Ed. Hey, you're on the air. Hello? Hi, you're on the air, Brian. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Hi. Um, How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing great. Okay, good. Um, so I'm just calling because, um, so I, I moved out here about almost two years ago now. Okay. And last year I came, I came to know Jesus. Never knew him in my life. Wow. I actually came in. I, I came and met you. Yes. I think during the the uh, New Year's Eve service you had. Oh, that's awesome. And I, yeah, I came and talked to you after the service, and it was very nice to meet you. Nice to meet so, you. Yeah. So, um. In the last couple of weeks, I've been having, I've been kind of just struggling mentally with uh, just life itself. And every time I've come to God, He's just told me to go home, which is Arizona. Okay. And I prayed a lot about it today, too, because I was really struggling with my sin nature a lot, too. And I think that's been my calling. 
to go back there. Okay. And I just, I, I'm just kind of calling to get some um, prayers for, uh, I need to raise a bunch of money to be able to go back there. Okay. To fix my car and be able to do that. All right. And I feel like I should go back there because I know so many people who don't know Jesus, all of my family and all my oh, friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. I, I just. Let's think, pray. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's pray. Father, I pray for my brother. I know that he he has a call and feels a feels a, a deep uh, sense to go back to Arizona. So I pray right now uh, that you would provide for all of his needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus, and that you would uh, make a way for him to get back to Arizona so he can be take this newfound faith and spread it throughout his family. So bless him and encourage him and strengthen him. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Brian, I think I might have hit the wrong button. I am so sorry, but I hope you heard the prayer. Bless you, brother. Franktown, Colorado. Joe, welcome to the program. Yes, hello, Pastor Ed. Hey, brother. Uh, First of all, thank you so much, and congratulations on 10 years of being on the air. Unbelievable. It went by so fast, I can't even believe it. Wow. I've only been listening for just a couple months, but I hope to be ah, on the welcome. Uh, listening in for eight next years and plus beyond. Hey, that's fantastic. Well, welcome yeah. to the family. Thank you. Um, I want to pray for my sister in Christ. who okay. um, She suffers from Lyme disease mm. so terribly, and her son, who's just turning 20 years old next uh, in the next couple of days, in fact, uh, tomorrow, um, He's been suffering for about five years, and my sister in Christ has had it for 15 years. So, uh, they suffer so bad, and, and all Lyme disease suffers. But um, next week on Wednesday from this, uh, a week from today, she's having a very serious surgery. And I just want to have prayer said for, for my dear friend Angie. Father, we pray for Angie. And, um, man, it's just Lyme disease is such a horrible thing to experience. And so we pray, God, we lift her up to you. You tell us we can come to the throne room of grace to find help in time of need. And I, I think of the friends that brought it, their friend on a mat to you and went up onto the roof, and, and it was so crowded in there that they were so desperate to get him close to you that they let him down uh, in, in front of him. And, and I, I just think that perhaps there was a, a sharing of faith there, like a, an encouragement, and, and that, that man was encouraged as he was brought before you, Jesus. And so I pray that our sister would be encouraged as she's brought before you uh, and that you would provide, God, the healing, the strength, medically, supernaturally, whatever it is you might have. Uh, we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. Yeah, Lyme disease. I, I There was somebody recently that I talked to that had that had Lyme disease as well, and it's just the symptoms are just so horrific. I'm so sorry. All right, let's go back. We have uh, Maybe we have a time for one more call. Mike, we only have a couple minutes, but you're on. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how you doing? Good. What good, can good. I do for you? Um, I'm, I'm heading out east right now. I hope I don't lose you. Um, I had a pretty rough day today, Pastor Ed. I, uh, my wife and I have been having a lot of problems. Okay. Um, and she demanded that I leave, so I packed my stuff, and I'm on the road right now. Okay. Uh, is there any so, hope of um, reconciliation? Will she sit down with you, and is there any hope for that? I I have hope for it. I don't okay. know on her part. Okay. 
Um, this has been going on for some time. I've been trying a lot of different things. Um, she refuses counseling. She refuses to pray with me. She refuses mm. to go to church. Okay. Um, I, just, I just feel like there's a there's a darkness in our marriage that um, we just can't seem to get along. We've been fighting a lot. And, uh, I mean, she's been demanding that I leave. She kicked me out last week. And uh, last night demanded that I leave. Mm. So I... I packed my stuff, and I'm on the road, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm doing the right thing. Well, Father, I pray right now that you would give wisdom uh, to Mike as he now faces a new challenge with his wife. I pray for reconciliation, God. I pray that even as these situations get harder and more difficult, and even, um, you know, hearts get hard, you are also able to soften hearts. And so I pray for a softening in Mike's wife's heart and uh, that, that the path toward reconciliation would take place. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep, keep us up to date, Mike. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. Yeah, I was... Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we got seconds left. My heart's just hurting. There's so much pain, so much difficulty in the world. It's such a heavy thing to carry. I, I mean, I, like I don't carry it primarily. I got my own hurt and pain, right? But I feel it. I feel it. You go go through seasons where you feel it more than others. And the Lord wants me to remind you, you're not forgotten, that he is reliable and faithful. He changes not. So trust him. Come out to church tonight, calvaryco.church. We'll be here at 7 o'clock, starting a new chapter in 1 Peter, praying, singing, and hanging out together in the Lord. See you then. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.